Hey guys, welcome back to Marshy's Corner. This is another one of those sports thoughts in the car. Um, I don't know, maybe this should be a segment of mine where I just... The, <laughs> where I'm just having these thoughts about sports and I don't have the equipment with me and so I just record off my phone. Uh, but the real reality is, is I would have loved to have done this uh, with a mic and, you know, all the proper equipment and probably call you know, some people in to talk sports, um, and not just do it on my own, because I hate, I actually hate doing these podcasts on my own, they feel really awkward, um, but I do not have my own equipment, um, I am saving up for my own equipment, but I do keep getting fines, which keeps on getting me further away from that goal of having my own equipment, um, so, (laughs) Uh, I'm learning a lot of lessons at the moment. They're all lessons. Uh, And yeah, a big one is if you don't get fined, you have more money for the things you actually want to buy. Um, But yeah, it is what it is. Uh, But we did a, me, uh, Tim Henry, Max Thompson, we did a podcast for the last round. um, And I wanted to do of the NBA playoffs. I'm talking NBA playoffs, by the way. The last round of the NBA playoffs, we did a podcast, um, but times have not lined up. Equipment has not lined up, and I do not have them, but I did want to just do a little uh, conference finals podcast. Um, And so here we have it. I was talking to a friend last night, and I was like, oh, I'm thinking about recording one. He's like, it would be tough on your own. Yeah, I, I hate like, I hate recording podcasts on my own. It's, it's way better when there's interactions with another person. Um, but I did say it is kind of cool because it's, it's kind of like a little audio journal. Um, plus, it's good for just fillers between episodes, I feel. Um, I'm going to try not talk for too long, but just give what I'm thinking about the, uh, the NBA conference finals. So... Uh, I'm I'm a day behind. I'm a day or a day late, I guess. Um, Miami Boston game one was played yesterday. It is Thursday morning here in Brisbane, and uh, game one for the Warriors and uh, Dallas Mavericks is on today. Um, and I will again be avoiding all spoilers and having to watch that when I get home from work. Um, but yeah, I I don't think yesterday's Miami Boston game is going to change where I was at, um, if anything, it, like, confirmed some things that I already thought, um, but I do not necessarily have Miami winning, um, let's, let's do, let's do the Miami-Boston thing first, so, uh, I was talk. it's funny, myself and my friend Tim Henry, who's appeared on my podcast many times, we never agree on anything, like, it's actually surprising, like, we don't just it's not just like kind of like, oh, let's disagree on the podcast. We legitimately just never agree on anything in life, not just in sports, just in general in life. Um, and I'm a huge... Actually, you know what? Before we get into the, the two matchups, let me just talk about my NBA fandom for a second. Uh, I'm a huge Jimmy Butler guy. Uh, so, and I'm a huge Steph Curry guy. So those are my two favorite NBA players, and that's respectfully to Patty Mills. Um, I do love me some Patty, and then when Patty puts on that Aussie jersey, it's a different beast. But 
Steph Curry is my favorite player, basketball player of all time. Um, he's definitely the person I have enjoyed watching playing the game the most. Um, and then Jimmy Butler is right up there as one of my favorite players of all time. And he's definitely my second favorite player in the league right now. And I am in a position where there's a chance they both go at it in the NBA Finals. And I'm really torn because I think Steph probably has a bigger window to win more championships. And, you know, that's my favorite player. And I genuinely think he's like a top in the top 13, 15 right now, pushing for, you know, is he pushing for a top 10 spot of greatest players of all time? And that's that's a podcast in itself. But, um, you know, adding another championship, obviously adding a finals MVP would be huge for him. Should have had the one in 2015. So, but there's currently not one next to his name. And yeah, so there's that side of it. Like, oh, I would love to see Steph win another chip and put a finals MVP next to his name. That just adds to his legacy and cements something that I guess I've thought where I think he's the the type of just it just cements the type of caliber caliber player I think he is and what he can do for your organization and, and whatnot. Um, then there's the Jimmy Butler side of it, where I love Jimmy Butler so much, and I don't even know like where to rank him because I'm always constantly changing my like top. Uh, I I probably change the top thirty, but I have like a top fifty list on my phone. I'm like, well, what does it look like now? And um, I just Jimmy Butler is the hardest guy for me to rank because if and I was talking to my friend Tim about this last night. Obviously, we disagreed. As I said before, we disagree on everything. But I've been sitting there thinking for a while. Would you rather have Jimmy Butler than LeBron? And is that disrespectful? And there's different reasons why I think that. It's from a an effort standpoint, what he does on both ends of the court. I guess who he is as a teammate. He's not the sort of teammate that's going to... And this sounds weird, being someone that, like, has obviously had the Minnesota thing. But he's not... He's he's your guy. Like, when you're on the team and you're rolling together, like, he seems like he's your guy. Whereas LeBron, you watch him, he's just pointing fingers at everyone else. And as he ages, that could get ugly. Um, and I don't know. I just I just think maybe where LeBron's at in his career and where Jimmy's at in his career, you might even rather a guy like Jimmy Butler. But he also only plays like 50 games a season. But then he's usually good for the playoffs. And it's just kind of like, how do you rank these guys that in a playoff scenario, how many guys do you want more than Jimmy Butler? If it's a game seven, like how many guys do you actually want more than Jimmy Butler? I don't know. It's not many though. Um, but I don't know. I just love Jimmy and... Um, it would be pretty cool for him to win to win a championship and a finals MVP and to have that guy that I've like just really enjoyed the way he plays the game, his attitude. You know, obviously where he came from as someone that was was he the last pick in the first round, end of the bench for Chicago, and then just has slowly like just become this guy that's like, Oh yeah, you can have this guy be your best player and you can be a finals contention team. Um 
which I don't know if anyone saw that coming. So, um, I, I don't know what I'm going to do if the Heat and Warriors both make the, make it to the finals. Um, but I'm going to really enjoy it. Uh, so anyway, um, going back to this Heat Boston series, uh, I was talking to Tim on the phone and I asked him who he thought was, who he, he thought would win the series. And I realized that I was kind of leaning to, it's hard. I, I really see all four teams having a great chance. And how cool is it to have basketball again? We don't, you really can't pick a winner. Like you don't really know. And someone might say, oh yeah, I picked this team to win. Look how intelligent I am. But you're not because I feel like all four teams here could really win. And I, and I think there is a blueprint for how each team wins. Um, and me and Tim were talking about that. And I was kind of leaning like, well, if I have to pick, I think maybe I pick Boston. And he was saying, really? Like, I think the Heat are going to be way smarter defensively than what Milwaukee were. Just kind of like letting Boston do whatever they want behind the three-point line. And we saw yesterday that the Heat made it a lot tougher and weren't giving up open threes to this Boston Celtics team that can really shoot the ball sometimes. Um, the other thing, I guess we'll, let's go blueprint for the Heat to win, and we've seen it in game one, but it's kind of what we were all thinking. Boston don't have great ball handlers, and it looks even worse when they don't have Marcus Smart on the court. They really need Marcus Smart back. They also need Al Horford. This is the other thing. They, weren't, they didn't have Marcus Smart and Al Horford, who will be back this series at some point. But, you know... Not that Marcus Smart is some elite ball handling player. He's probably not what you want as your point guard. But it started to look really shaky without him there. And it would have looked shaky with him there, I think. And the Heat are going to get up into you. They're going to pressure you. And they have all these perimeter defenders that are just getting stripped everywhere. Jimmy, Oladipo look great defensively. Um, PJ Tucker can obviously just kind of match, switch and match up on anyone. He got injured and came back and we thought he was done and then he wasn't. And he was all over the court defending everyone. And they just made it really tough on Boston. And um, the blueprint for the Heat to win is that. It's got to be scrappy. they got to get hands on everything. Because I would say their downfall is they aren't great offensively they're not how how many times these players have we kind of seen them not hit the hundred mark which it kind of feels like in today's day and age of the nba you kind of need to hit the hundred mark to um to win games um back in the day you could win games 80 89 84 but it just doesn't feel that way anymore. But this Heat team kind of brings that back. Um, they obviously scored like... Oh, it was close to 120 yesterday. What was it? Let me... They scored 118 yesterday. So, <clears throat> obviously, that's enough points. But you also got 40 points out of Jimmy Butler. Um, so, I don't know. I don't really know... Um, when you look at the Boston Celtics, there's a lot 
feel like there's more scoring there. Um, and I think that's what it's going to come down to is can this Heat team make it uncomfortable enough for these Boston Celtics perimeter players to win the series? Or will the Celtics be able to outgun them? And I've got some Boston Celtics fans, uh, friends that are fan. I've got some friends that are fans of the Boston Celtics. I've got some friends that are fans of the Miami Heat. And, you know, I, I'm I'm going for Miami in this series just because of Jimmy Butler, but um, I sent a little bit of sh- a little bit of chat towards some of my Celtics friends, and you know the response was fair enough. The response was, well, Marcus Smart and Al Horford didn't play, so <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be a different game when those guys are there. And then when I talked to my Heat friend, he said something that I was thinking, like, I wonder if I can find that message. Shout out Hayden Dupoy. Um, oh, yeah, he said, the Celtics are terrifying, so I hope it's a close one because I'm afraid if it isn't, it might be a Celtics blowout. And I I agree with that. Um, it kind of feels like it's it's got to be close for this Miami Heat team. They've just got to be grinding, grinding, grinding. Because at halftime of the the first game, you were kind of like, okay, well, Celtics Celtics have them here. And then, by the way, this is something that good teams do. They come out and they blow out third quarters. They do great. They have great third quarters. And the Heat team just locked the fuck in. And they just destroyed. They just destroyed. I heard a stat that in the third quarter... Uh, Jason Tatum had 10 pick and roll scenarios. Um, so he was, he was putting, he was, he was the ball handler in the pick and roll 10 times. And, uh, the points per pick and roll was 0.2, which is really low, by the way. That's, that's not good. That's not the number you want. So, um, yeah, that heat team just locked in and yeah, that's the blueprint for the heat. And then I think the blueprint for the Boston Celtics is you got a whole bunch of shooters, you have a really talented guy in Jason Tatum, and you need Jalen Brown to go. Uh, but Jalen Brown, I think, is going to struggle in this series because he doesn't have a great handle, and these Celtics, uh, these Heat team, this Heat team can really just lock in. So, um, once again, I want the Heat to win. I have no idea how this series is going to go. Um, but I guess that's just what I think the, the blueprint is. I'm, I'm avoiding sports bet. I'm avoiding sports bet for this entire conference finals. Uh, cause I just want to sit and, uh, enjoy these games. When I had COVID and I was stuck first round of the playoffs, <laughs> the sports bet app came back and, you know, it was, it was fun. It was a fun time, but, uh, I did find myself caring more about my my multis than I did about um, actual actually watching the basketball. So I've gotten rid of sports bet. I'm not betting on these games. I just want to watch basketball and really enjoy it. And I really enjoyed the first game of the Eastern Conference Finals. And if I had to pick a team to win after what I've watched... Honestly... 
my heart says Jimmy just feels different, hey. I don't I don't know. I've seen game one. That's the thing. I was leaning towards the Celtics before I watched game one. Um I don't know. I keep on changing my mind. I'll probably change my mind after the first quarter of the next game. And then again at halftime and uh yeah. It's just gonna be a fun series and I'm very excited for what's to come in it. So let's move on to the Warriors and Dallas. I do have more of an opinion on this one. While I still think both teams can win, um, I am leaning towards the Warriors. I think they're a better team. Uh, But I also thought the Suns were a better team than Dallas. So, obviously not. Uh, But I do... I don't see the Warriors melting down the same way the Suns did. And I understand the Suns are the best team in the league, record-wise. But it always kind of felt like something was missing. And that's something that... So Max, who hops on my podcast with Tim, he's a big Suns fan. And me and Tim kind of always said, it just kind of feels like they're missing something. And we saw it. We saw that they were missing a little bit of gusto. (laughs) They were missing some... They weren't... ready to fight the way I think the Warriors are ready to fight. And, you know, this Warriors team, I don't know how many people have watched more Warriors games than me over the past, since, well, since 2014, let's say, 13, 2013, 2014. I don't know many people that would have Oh, I know I don't know any people that have watched more Warriors basketball games than I have. Um, But even just... (laughs) I've watched a lot. And, you know, Steph Curry's unanimous MVP season. um, The year they broke the record for wins in a season. Obviously ended up uh, blowing a 3-1 lead to the Cavs. I watched... I want to say I watched close to like 65, 70 games of that season... Um, not including the playoffs, and I watched all the playoffs and the finals. And then outside of that season, like, I've watched a lot of Warriors basketball. And maybe it's because I've watched so much of them. I really just... I wouldn't want to be the team that has to beat them in a seven-game series. Like, I just... They've played together for so... Like, you know, Steph and... Clay and Draymond, especially Steph and Draymond, like, they're just doing things where Draymond's not even looking, he just flips the ball over to a spot in the court, and Steph's over there, and he just knows he's going to be there, and it does result in some turnovers sometimes, but there is just this chemistry thing that I think is so underrated in today's NBA, with all the chopping and changing of teams, but the Warriors just have this nucleus, and then everyone that comes in just kind of becomes a part of that nucleus, and you've seen a guy like Jordan Poole excel, a guy like Andrew Wiggins excel, um, you know, someone like Kevin Looney who can not play a lot and then come in and, and grab, how many rebounds did he grab in that, like 21 rebounds or something in the, in that last game of, against Memphis, and they can just like throw different things at you, they are missing a big, but I don't, in this series it doesn't matter, and Moving forward, if they do win this series, they're so lucky that the Bucks didn't get through to the the next 
didn't get through to the finals. So if, if the Warriors make it to the finals, they're really lucky that they're not seeing the Bucks because they're missing a big to go at Giannis because they kind of have Kevin Looney and they have Draymond, and then after that, that's it. So that gets light if someone gets into some foul trouble. Um, but against this Dallas team, not having many bigs isn't an issue at all. They would really love to have Gary Payton um, in this series, just with all the, all the, just the these perimeter players that Dallas throws at you. So obviously they got Luca and they got um, Brunson, and then Dinwiddie comes off the bench. Like you kind of want some defensive juggernauts there, and uh, Gary Payton's going to be missed in this series. But I do just think the Warriors are a better team and I think they have more firepower and and, you know Clay's really hard to gauge right now Um, in that Memphis series outside of game six he looked like his timing was out of whack he was just slow to things you know he he had that that defensive moment at the end of what game was at the end of was at the end of game four and he was jumping around the court, but he kind of, like, wasn't great that game, and he came up with a big play at the end, which was probably good for his ego. Um, but, yeah, I just he looked really, like, off the whole series, and he came out in game six and was awesome. So um, it's really hard to gauge Clay, but the fact that you know that Clay probably has two big games in him in a series, and Steph's going to be Steph. You know, Draymond's one of the best defensive players in the league right now and and probably one of the best playmakers as well I think his playmaking he cops so much but you know his playmaking is unbelievable the 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 looks he gets Steph and Clay and Poole and these guys so underrated and um you know you got the Poole thing you got these other guys like Otto Porter comes in you got Wiggins I just feel like they have more guys and they have a better system and I just find it hard to bet against them. But they are coming up against this guy, Luka Doncic, who I just don't like. Is he the best offensive player in the league right now? From a size and skill standpoint, it's ridiculous. And now he's like better at... I guess he has the teammates to trust. Because it used to be a little bit like the James Harden thing, where there's a lot of dribbling and you kind of get your shots, but it was... It was kind of gross to watch. Whereas now it's not like that. It doesn't feel like that for me anymore. They have all these guys on the perimeter. They're all just driving and cutting and shooting. and um, Yeah, I don't know. And then you've got this just guy, Luka Doncic, whose first step is so quick. And then he's 6'8", and he's bigger than everyone else. And he's so strong. And he's shooting the ball very well. Like... You used to kind of be like, let's force him to shoot some threes because he doesn't shoot it great. He doesn't shoot it great from there. I, I know he always hit. It feels like he hits the big ones, but he doesn't shoot the ball. He didn't used to shoot the ball great, and now he does seem to be shooting the ball really great. Um, and yeah, they just have all these. They just have these three wings, and then all these shooters. And if you're a team that's going to put up a lot of threes, you're always in for a, a puncher's chance. I remember when the Warriors just started to kind of gain traction. Stephen A. Smith was really onto them when a lot of people weren't, didn't really believe in them. And he used to always talk about this puncher's chance that Steph and Clay gives you because of the way they shoot the ball. 
Um, and now I feel like this Dallas team has just a lot of punches to throw. Uh, and it's going to be a fun series. And I have no idea who's going to win. But if I was... This one, I'm, I'm more confident in the Warriors beating Dallas than I am of picking a side on the East. Um, and so, yeah. That's my little audio journal. Um, I don't think there's anything else I want to talk about. Um, but I'm excited for tonight. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to throw my phone into... I don't know where, but I'm not I'm not going to look at it. And then I'm going to come home. I'm going to watch the NBA. Oh, and the Broncos are playing tonight. How about them Broncos, man? Oh, my goodness. Great basketball's being played, and the Broncos are good. And the Queensland Maroons could be looking all right, too. I'm pretty, I'm pretty okay with everything that's going on in sports right now. Anyways, that is the end of this podcast. Um, if you're still here... Thank you for listening. Uh, And, you know, I hope you enjoy these NBA playoffs as much as I'm enjoying them. They've been a lot of fun. And there's still a lot of basketball to be played. Have a good one, guys.